All right, we're going to dive right in. I love how y'all know how to love on each other. Kelly, thanks, man. Uh, if uh, with the other piece of this gang is what I would love to see happen is that if the ladies would uh, seek her out after this and get a cell phone number, if that's okay, and. Uh, because, see, a lot of life happens in between when we get together, right? And so that's when, that's when we learn how to love one another is that when Monday hits and crazy happens that we have these folks that we can lean into and know that they're safe and they're not going to try to talk us out of where we are but help us walk through it. And that we're going to be reminded that, you know, God's got this and, and uh, you don't have to carry it, but we're going to help you walk along with it, Right? So it's stinking cool. One last thing as we dive in. If you are a soccer fan, USA, USA, USA. Come on, USA, USA, USA. And for those that don't know what we're talking about, what is going on, you do have permission to leave. It's going to be tight. So if we're not done, you have, if you're not DVR in it, you're, it's okay. You can leave. God covered that. <laughs> he knew you were going to leave. He emptied the tomb for it. Any military people here? I know I one. Pierce, he was former military. Anyone else? Everyone, Brian. Brian, thank you. <laughs> Super cool. I mean, we're celebrating freedom, right? And mm-hmm. So there's those guys that say, man, I'll stand on the wall. I mean, my favorite movie is... A few good men. I love that. You know, you want me on that wall. Oh, I love that. Uh, so, and I love the words, you know. I love. Are you okay tonight? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm ready to go. Ready to go. So, I love freedom. I love uh, being free, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And uh, Jesus talked about it a lot. So, I want to just dive right in, and I'm going to set the scene here just for a second. Uh, flip over to Luke. It's in chapter 4. You will have seen these words. If you've traveled through Christian dominion at all, you will have seen these words. Jesus is in the temple. It's where He goes a lot. Jesus is always walking. He's always teaching. He's in and out of homes. He's going to the temples. And He's just giving the guys, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, really and truly the know-it-alls, He's just giving them fits all the time. And I just love it. And so what we see is that Jesus is here. And, and if you'll remember, Jesus, a lot of times He was saying, it's not time yet. Remember that? He was saying, it's not time. You know, when they came and He turned the water into wine, He was going, man, it's just not time yet, but all right, we'll do this. Don't tell anybody. Well, this is time. He's got a room full. And He's in Luke, and what we see in Luke here, and He, he gets the scroll from the attendant. And what he reads that day, what we read is Isaiah 43. He's just reading it from the scroll. It wasn't quite sectioned out in the way that we have it today. But he's reading from Isaiah 43, and this is what he's reading. It's in Luke 4, it's in verse 18. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. 
And I just love that because a lot of times, if you're anything like me, I just think about the physical. But Jesus is speaking into such a deeper level here. He's, he's speaking into the fact that I've come to bring good news to the spiritually poor. I am coming to set free those who have been spiritually oppressed. Because he's living in a time here, gang, when the religious know-it-alls would just hammer you. Quite honestly, they were bullies. They were just flat-out bullies. And how they wanted you to look a certain way. How you had to act. How you had to be. How, how if you didn't do that, that they were absolutely just ripping you apart. And Jesus has said, I have come to set the captives free that you'll no longer have to live under that yoke of oppression. And so it starts, I mean, these guys know what he's talking about. And so if we look in another scene, I just want to give an example of how Jesus just flips our world upside down. It's over in John 8. You will, most of you will remember this. I'm going to start... I'm going, to, I'm going to give you a little bit more background. He's back in the temple. and he, On this particular day, he, he's in, and, and so there's a crowd, right? And so he's in the temple again. And all of a sudden, if you can just picture, so let's just kind of place ourselves in the scene. He's there, and everyone's listening to Jesus. Because he's speaking with power. And they're wanting to know, where does this power come from? And so the religious know-it-alls are there. And then all of a sudden, you could just, you know how if you've ever been in a crowd or if you've ever been in a room and someone just bustles in and how all the eyes are turned to that particular thing or event or person that comes into the room? That's what this would have been because there were some guys that just drugged this woman in. They drug her in. They put, him, put her before Jesus and they are carrying rocks. And they put her before him and they say, Jesus, this woman has been caught in adultery. The law says that she is to be put to death. And I want to call a quick time out right there just for a second. Because just place yourself in the scene. We don't know what the lady looked like, but had she been caught in adultery, there's probably terror in her eyes. The guys are already armed themselves with rocks. And Jesus being Jesus, man, he just, he's just sitting there. And the kind of the funny thing about it is, is because, see, these guys, they, they're saying, what do you say, Jesus? What does the law say we should do? And because what they're doing is they're pulling Leviticus 20. I mean, it says it. If you were to go back, it's Leviticus 20. I don't want you to go over there. It's in verse 10. It says, if a man commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, both the man and the woman who have committed adultery must be put to death. Put to death. Put to death. What's strange to me in this scene is that they're asking Jesus what the Word says. Jesus is the Word in flesh. He's coming to fulfill everything. He's coming to change the day. He's coming, coming to change the game. But where's the man? They drug the woman in. Why didn't they drag the man in? Where is he? 
Seems strange, doesn't it? But I think if we allow ourselves to go there just for a second and finish the scene, because Jesus is there, and I just love Him. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's scribbling around in the dirt. We don't know what He's saying or what He's doing in the dirt. But He stands up. And He says, Let the one without sin cast the first stone. many were there but those are rocks hitting the ground as they turned and walked away and Jesus looks at this woman and says where are your those that are condemning you she didn't know where they went I condemn you neither he hands her freedom that she had never experienced before in her life. And tells her, says, sin no more. And a lot of folks said, now, you don't go and do anything wrong anymore, gang. It just ain't so. What we got to remember what part of that word means, that, that part of the word sin means to miss the mark, to be mistaken. So if I'm mistaken in who I am, remember we just sang it, if I'm mistaken that God is a good, good Father, then I will be mistaken about who I am in Him and that who He is in me. And this young lady evidently just didn't understand the goodness of our Father. Jesus is reminding her, and I just, I, I just I want to think that He was just grabbing her cheeks and going, man, just don't live in unbelief anymore. Because, see, I'm the light. I'm the life. He's saying that. So now let's go. Let's, let's look real in particular to what some of the other words that he was saying. It's in John 8, 24. And so any of those that were hanging out and to stick around after they saw all the other know-it-alls drop the rocks and leave, <laughs> wouldn't you love to have heard those conversations? Boy, he stumped us on that one, didn't he? <laughs> and so they started plotting on how they were going to try to get him again. Jesus is freedom. Jesus is free. Listen to what He says in John 8, 24. He's talking to the guys. He said, That is why I said that you will die in your sins for unless you what, gang? Unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, you will die in your sins. You'll die in your unbelief. And that's where we are teaching all the time that who is Jesus? We know the answers for the most part as a body, but we don't know why we know the answer. And that's what we want to continue to encourage. And so he goes on. These are kind of like ESPN plays of the day here. This is John 8, 28 through 29. So Jesus, he's telling them, he says, when you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you'll understand that I am He. I do nothing on my own but say only what the Father taught me. And the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me, for I always do what pleases Him. Verse 32, And you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. 36, So if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Gang, eyeball me here just for a second. Why does Jesus want you free? Sucks. 
We, we have to be able to answer that question, right? We know the words. We've said them. The truth will set you free. Why does Jesus want you free? He knows what you're going through. Do we want the same freedom for others that we enjoy? We have to want that because, see, I think that sometimes we're not too far. I'm not talking about anybody in this room, gang. I'm, I am talking about the body of Christ as a whole. I am talking about the body of Christ as a whole, that we pick and choose who and what we want to be bullies to. They, where was the man? They picked and choose. Oh, you're all right, man. We'll, we'll, you're okay. You're going to have to pay later, literally, probably with money. We weren't there, but you get out, get out of here. You, lady, come here. We pick and choose who we want to beat up. A lot of times with this. It's to free people, gang. This, Jesus, is the truth, is to free you. It's to allow you to walk in the abundance of life that Jesus has for us. He's not a whooping child. He took our whooping. <laughs> it says in John 1 verse 17, For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love, God's unfailing love, God's unfailing love, God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through who? Yes. Why does He want you free? And are you? Are you free? Because, see, I really do believe that for the most part, for most of us, again, not in this room, not for most of the folks that we live life with. I'm talking about the big body of Christ. That is our brothers and sisters, so we're on the same team. A lot of times we get lumped in that same bucket with them as us being bullies. And I do believe that we know that we're clear of the law of Moses. Well, but what about your law? Have you cleared your own law? What about the law of a particular denomination? Are you clear of that? A particular doctrine that tells you how you to do stuff, when to do stuff, who you can hang out with, when you can hang out with them. Have you signed things that you don't even know that you've read? Have you got your names on memberships of places and you don't even go there anymore? Whose law are we under? Christ is saying, I want you free. I want the only thing and the only way that people recognize you is through me, Jesus Christ. That's it. That's the only way I want people to, to know that you're with me. Do you have any unspoken rules with anyone? Are you living under particular rules or laws of someone that is, uh, when they're around, you change who you are? That's oppression. You're being held captive. They can't be your God. Jesus emptied the tomb to set you free from that. The hymn within will carry you through that. So what I want to do is, I, has anyone ever uh, read any of the words on the Statue of Liberty? No? We know what the Statue of Liberty 
What's she doing? She's holding a book in the other hand, right? Yeah. It's a beautiful sight. Can you imagine, man, that you, you sacrificed everything? You risked life to get to these shores. And so we're in this era of celebrating our freedom in Christ, but we're celebrating also our freedom as a nation. 239 years, right? Listen to what these words say on the Statue of Liberty. See if they ring a bell. <laughs> Get that? Ring a bell? <laughs> that was kind of good, wasn't it? It just popped up, really. <laughs> Listen to these words. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. your masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuge of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, templars tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Those words sound familiar? Kind of close? Do we know what liberty means? Statue of? Listen to this. It's the statue of being free within society from oppressive restrictions imposed by authority on one's way of life, behavior, or political views. And we want to shove ours down everybody's neck instead of loving them to death. We are called to love, folks. We live in a land of freedom, so that means even those that we vehemently may disagree with, we get the, they have the same freedom to disagree with us. And yet we're the ones yelling just as loud as they are yelling. They can't see the difference in us because we're too caught up. And we have forgotten that Jesus has set us free. He is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. And so... There, it, see that? Is it upside down? all the wars we've been in. You see the number down at the bottom? 1.2 million lives given, sacrificed on the battlefield for to protect freedom. Send me your poor. Statue of Liberty. What did Jesus say that day when He read Isaiah? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me. Now let's put it to us. He has anointed us. The Spirit of the Lord is within us. He has anointed us to bring good news to the poor. Wow. <laughs> he has sent us to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. Do we live life with anyone that is spiritually poor? Do we live life with anyone that needs to have this spiritual oppression released from them? They may not even know it because they're in a blind spot. Have you just loved the socks off of them to the point where they'll go, man, I've got to have what you have? Jesus sets you free. Are you free? In closing, I want you to go to 1 Timothy. Because see, even within the body of Christ, Even within the body of Christ, we have shown a world our division. 
Unfortunately, we have over 30,000 different denominations, but they are centered on one person. So this is where I go. They can, we can have our 30,000 denominations. I care not. But they're centered on Jesus. And so if Jesus said this first thing out of His mouth, what if we as a body of Christ had this to be the first thing that we lived our lives for? That every morning, that when I rise and shine, that when He blows life into my body, that when my little peepers get to open up, that I start my home first going, is anybody in here oppressed? Are you spiritually free? And I start right here with her. And she starts back with me. Are you living in freedom? Are you hiding from me? Am I hiding from you? Is there any captives in my address? Because it's based on one. You see, the 1.2 million gave their lives for many. How many are in America? 365? One gave it for everyone. Let's read this. It's 1 Timothy chapter 2. Verse 2, Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful, quiet lives. Guys, politically, I don't care where you stand. I'm always going to tell us that the body of Christ trumps political parties. I don't care about Republican. I care not about Democrat. I love Jesus Christ. I want Christians to unite under His cloak. That's it. What party are you with? I'd love it on exit polls. What party are you with? Jesus. <laughs> uh, sir, really, what party are you with? And you stand firm in it. I'm with Jesus Christ, sir. He has set me free. I am no longer oppressed. I'm no longer a victim of our society, of our systems that have been put in place. I have been set free. Have you, sir? Or madam? <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? I hope I get interviewed. <laughs> I'm ready. Verse 3, this is good and pleases God our Savior. Verse 4, who wants everyone, how many gang? Everyone. Everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Do we? Do we? Do we want everyone to be saved, even those that may live lifestyles that are just crazy different than yours? I hope you do. Jesus emptied the tomb for all of us. Seven billion. That's the number today. Jesus emptied the tomb for everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Can you walk folks through the truth? Verse 5, For there is only one God, one mediator, who can reconcile God and humanity, and that is the man, Jesus Christ. Woo-hoo. Oh my gosh. Has He reconciled yours? He's done everything He's going to do, gang. Have you allowed your stuff to get under the cross and out of the tomb? Are you living in the freedom that Christ offers today? Verse 6, He, Jesus, gave His life to purchase freedom for how many? Everyone. Say it, please say it out loud. Everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. Thank you, Lord. I needed to hear that today. Another part of that, some translations may have ransom if that's in your book. 
And what that means is what is given in exchange for another as the price of His redemption. Jesus gave Himself because, see, His cause was a bit bigger than our cause. We got a great cause. We had 1.2 that have, that have done the ultimate sacrifice because of a cause of freedom. Jesus, the one, had a bigger cause and I'm looking at him. And if I had a mirror, I'd look at it too. It's for the seven billion. He sacrificed and raised so that you would never have to taste death. That is something to celebrate, gang. Father, I thank you. I thank you for freedom. I thank you for um, the fact that right now in this moment that I believe it, in those moments that when I... Try not to, that there are others that will surround me and remind me of your, your amazing grace. And so, Father, I do know that the people that are in this room do desire for others to experience that same freedom that we have. And so all we can do is just keep doing that. And, Lord, we will, we will do that just the best way that we know how and living out the uniqueness that you've given us. So, Lord, as we um, celebrate with each other, showing our unity in Christ through taking the bread and the cup, that we're telling a world that we believe that you are who you say you are, that you're a good, good Father. And that Father that we also believe that we are loved. That's just who we are. <laughs> and it's based on everything that you've done. And so, Lord, the other piece of that is that we're telling the world that when we partake, that you're coming back to restore everything to its infinite glory. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.